Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of your second cousin with those weird teeth. Favorite football podcast. <laughs> and that's Yeah, I'm that's joined you. once again by my illustrious producer. That's you to Joe me. Thiessen. No, we're not. I'm, you're not my second cousin. I'm not your second basically cousin. Basically, you are. No, no. Basically, you are. I'm not. Not even basically. We're... If you want to say, we're basically first cousins. No, we're not basically second cousins. Okay. And I don't have weird teeth. That wasn't for anybody. That was just you supposed to be You have weird a, tooth. That was just supposed to be a random random thing, and we were just supposed to move on from it. You weren't I'm to, not going to be here next week. You weren't supposed to. <laughs> so and, last week, Joe wasn't here. We didn't have an episode. Joe's just taking over and, the podcast at this point. And um, that week that he left, the day that, uh, that the day episode 60 released, I booked a trip to BC. Yeah, a last British minute Columbia. trip. To, a last minute trip to BC at the end of this month, this very month. So basically, um, basically, are you turning that down? No, I was turning it up actually. Oh, yeah, no, it was not loud enough for me. Um, Way so to break the fourth wall. But, yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah. So I'm not going to be here next week. I decided that this podcast wasn't that important to me. My marriage is more important, so I'm going on a trip Which to save my so marriage. So typical of you, to um, do something like that. I mean, <laughs> it's just uh, yeah. I don't know. It's like you already had a week mm. without the podcast. You could have worked on your marriage. Yeah. And no, it's not like I'm working on my marriage. It's just that we're having a baby in October. And um, since COVID happened, we didn't get to go on a honeymoon. Mm. So now uh, things are opening up a little bit around Canada. Not really so much in Ontario as much, I should say. At all. Um, but um, we're going to go to BC for a week and uh, chill out there. And we're really excited about it. So. Nice. There's gonna be no episode next week. Yeah, no, Joe I, can't do anything without me. No episode next. Yeah, literally. I that's it's Joe. I have, I tell him all the time. As much as I rather, if he dies, the podcast is over. So more than root for me to live, root <laughs> for Joe to live because yeah, planes crash. You know, sometimes yeah, they do. Planes crash, and if it goes down, this podcast is over. I went for tea over the weekend. Okay, we're not even gonna talk about the fact that I was on vacation. Care for some <laughs> tea? I was uh, I was on vacation. Um, obviously, oh my gosh. Okay, so Joe just left the seat that we're that we're sitting in right now, uh, and he pulled out the fanciest looking china I've ever seen. He's still looking for the other one. Oh, there's the dish. He pulled out a dish of china. This is like fancy china. I don't know how he put that. How did you put that in your backpack? That's so dangerous. Oh, that what I don't know what that cup is for. There's another cup. Uh, this is well, it's not really like there's a cup. Are they both? They're both tea cups, or why does one look like that? You brought tea. Oh my goodness gracious! What kind of tea is this? Asking you a bunch of questions you can't answer because you're okay. He's gonna. Fair enough. That's not what it sounds like. He's pouring tea. Why is that tea so brown? What kind of tea is that? Dude, this is really precarious. Uh, he just poured... I'm sorry. This episode is already completely off the rails. We have a really exciting episode for you guys today. We got a special guest. Jeremy Klump is back on the podcast this week. Really excited. Um, we're going to talk all about the Xavier and Howard news going on in the NFL, as well as some other Dolphin stuff. We'll get into maybe even some non-football-related stuff with Jeremy Klump. We're extremely excited to have him back on the podcast. But Joe completely derailed the podcast by pouring... Is this tea? Care for tea? Yeah. Is this tea? This is black sugar milk tea. Okay. With chai. With chai. Uh, I'm not a big fan with things that have milk in it. But uh, that was also not a proper sentence. 
So, I mean, we're just drinking now on the pot. How is this is a, a mess? You talk. I'm about to take a sip. All right. So I'm going to see what Joe's reaction is to his first sip of tea here. No, yeah, that's good. That's really good, actually. Isn't it? Isn't it really good? I really wanted to not like it, but it is really good. Right? Yeah. Joe and I have recently been talking about, well, he, more recently than me, said that he's into tea. Um, I've been in, I've been on tea for a few months now. Like I've been a, I've been so a, tea, I. a tea fella. I, li- I like tea. I think it's a good uh, way to, st- I was going to say start your morning, but I've never once had, I don't think, tea in the morning. I did this morning. Wow, that's cool. Um, I've been on tea. Joe, you recently, uh, this weekend, you went and had some fancy tea some somewhere. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I went out. Um, our, some friends of ours took us out actually to a, a tea room in uh, Brantford, and we had some really good tea there. And so I bought these this nice fine yeah. china. It's actually made in England. I didn't know if you knew that. It's actually made in England. That's an, uh, that's what they tell you. Um, it is just yeah, it is. I know bone I, china made at in home, England. You guys can't see this. Because we don't record this podcast video wise, um, but it is legit fine china. Oh, this one! I, when you p- first put it on there, I didn't notice that it had a handle. That's why I thought it was a weird looking. Yeah, yeah, got. yeah. No, they. Both uh, got, you didn't get a matching. They set? both got no. Okay. So I picked mine out. This is mine. Okay. It reminds me of like a jade palace, some kind of Chinese. No, yeah, I, I, that's yeah, I get that vibe. And uh, Eddie picked that one out. It's a kind of okay. a sweet. It's a sweet, like cute one. Okay. So I gave that one to you. This, okay, that's fair. Some people say that I'm sweet and cute. We have a very precarious setup right now, so this is actually really sketchy to be yeah, drinking. Yeah, that's this my wife's. Fine please do not break China. That. I don't want to. It's not something I want to do. Uh, but yeah, we're drinking tea. Um, I was on vacation last week, and uh, mm-hmm. that was nice. You're going on vacation next week. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys, for the weird, a weird schedule, but uh, you know. We're getting very close to the end of like the super slow period. Some training camps are actually starting, I believe, this week in the NFL. Uh, so we're going to get back in the swing of things real soon, right after this next week break. So no podcast again next week. But we are back this week with an absolute banger of an episode. But mm. uh, vacation, I would highly recommend it for those of you that haven't take, done yeah, it. Yeah, take a break take for time. once. Honestly, uh, people tend to get burnt out on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, work definitely a big thing for a lot of a lot of people work and you got to take time and we didn't do a whole lot we went up to the cabin with uh, that sounds really pretentious wow yeah we went up to a cabin uh with my in-laws and my like all my in-laws like my brother-in-laws and and uh, their wives slash girlfriends my wife and her parents (laughs) Sorry. No, sorry. Not the same wives. One of them is a has a girlfriend. One of them has a wife. They don't have wives and girlfriends. Um, just to clear that up real quick. But it was a good time. It was a nice relaxing time. Uh, did a little fishing. Not much fishing, but did a lot of just sitting around. And it was really nice to kind of get away from everything. And Joe, I, I think that's kind of what you're trying to do next. Well, you're mm-hmm. probably just going to do a lot of walking around too, though, right? Oh, yeah. 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 That's cool, too. Gonna be nice. We're going to Butch Art Gardens. What's that? We're going to Butch Art Gardens. Butch Art. Butch Art. Butch Art. Butch Art Gardens. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, you're pretty excited about that. Very excited about that. Very good. Very good. Um, uh, yeah, Do you enjoy the tea though? The tea is really good. The tea is actually. I thought it looks a lot like coffee. Because it's milk tea. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But no, it's it's really good. It's good tea. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, it's like I can't even. What what what's the flavor again? Um, it's so it's like 
So it's like black sugar milk black, tea. Black. So black sugar. What, so it's like what is that? black tea, uh, with sugar. Um, but it's a milk tea, so mm. it's like a black milk tea with sugar. And you do and, this and chai. And you do this every time, like so you find a new thing that you're into, you really go hard at it. Like you bought china because you had tea and you liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that that's something that about about you. You're like. If you find something that you're into, you're not just gonna be like, "Oh yeah, no, I like that." You're like, "No, yeah, that's my, I'm, that's my thing now." Like that's ne- that's kind of how you are. Yeah, yeah. What is that? What are you saying about it? Well, I'm just saying that's just the type of person you are. Do you think that it's mm-hmm. a bad thing or a good thing? Well, I think it's, um, I think it's like uh, kind of a way of life. Hmm. I think that we could go back in this podcast and find all my mu- phases, multiple different phases of you. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago when you were on chess. Oh dear, you were really on chess. Yeah, uh, I was really on cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, yeah, you're really into cyberpunk. And then you had the last time we had Jeremy on. I think we were talking about how you're really into, um, uh, like uh, Asian films. Or, or yes, like, so like yeah, we, Ghibli films. Yeah, Ghibli. That is the yeah. anime, anime, right? Yeah, what, was it? I wasn't sure if it was anime or just like Asian essentially. Film. Yeah, it's anime. It's Japanese cartoons. Okay, yeah, you were into anime. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and not to say that you're not still into these things, but it, there's not like when you when you initially when I discover something when you initially discover something, it's like whoa, Joe's really serious about this. This is going to be like a big part of his life, and in a few weeks, it's not really it's not that. a big part of my life, but it's, it's still a it's significant a part. part of my life. Yeah, and that's that's good. I it's mean, like hobbies. Yeah, you you feel like you take up so many hobbies because you're trying to fill a void, or how how is that? <laughs> that's, yeah, that is so deep yes actually yes we have tea so i'm just trying to get like absolutely that that is why that is i've talked to a therapist about it yeah that's exactly why okay well i okay i i didn't expect you to actually say that Mm -hmm. but um psychiatrist actually psychiatrist yeah uh by psychiatrist he means me Mm -hmm. on this podcast um that's good man so where do we go um and this brings us to actually a new segment called what's the tea where we actually talk about the biggest rumors in the NFL right now and the okay. biggest like gossip kind of like drama. Okay. Like in the NFL right now. Okay. So Joe, take it away with, with the scoop. What's right. the scoop? That was totally uncalled for. Uh well the biggest news is I don't want to talk about it because we're waiting for Jeremy Klump to come on the podcast and talk about it. But Xavier Howard, trade rumors. Uh well, Ooh, he that's has, juicy. <laughs> he hasn't reported to Dolphins camp. Mm. Uh doesn't seem like he intends to Report to the training he's camp. He's not showing up to camp. And if he does, he's going to be mad about it. He's not going to be happy. He's not going to be a happy, happy camper. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's... We're going to talk about Jeremy on that. You know, he is... He has inside information, Jeremy Klump. Uh, not a lot of people know that. Uh, but he is... He's a, he's legit. He's got uh, real insiders. He knows what's going on there in the Miami Dolphins organization. So Much, does he know Dan Marino? Uh, well, I mean, think he knows of him. Okay. I'm not going to say that he's his friend, but... Maybe an acquaintance. Mm. So, you know, he's he's a man on the inside. He's a guy that's going to let us know what's going on with Xavier Howard, what's going on with the Dolphins, why have they not given a new contract, why does Xavier Howard want a new contract? Is it just the contract? Is there something else that's involved? Uh, will will he be traded? I don't know. Jeremy Klump's going to tell us mm-hmm. if he'll be traded. We'll have a little bit of discussion. It'll be a good time. But uh, And if gonna- I'm going to be honest, I think this is going to be our big break. You think so? Mm-hmm. This is the one. This could be I it. I think so. The, the the key to your big break is to have it happen and then take a week off. 
That's the that's the key, I think. Totally. Yeah. That's yeah. That's exactly what's gonna happen. It's a comeback. Unfor- unfortunately. Yeah, they're gonna be like, oh wow, this podcast is really and then, big. And then next week, it's like, wait a second, where are they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we're gonna come back, having made even more money than we are. Obviously, we're making like I, like we talk about hand over fist. But this is gonna be like we're gonna double that in this episode, and it's yeah. all because of Jeremy Clump. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend. But before we get to Jeremy Clump, why don't we just jump into the news? Obviously, we're gone for two weeks now. Uh, So news has kind of piled up a little bit. Not like a whole lot because it is like we talk about on every episode, Joe. It's gonna be a long one. No, I was gonna say it's a slow part of the. Oh, it's a slow part of the sh- of, of the, the off season, season right Goodness now. Goodness gracious, Joe! That was I. We practiced, my mind was we my, practiced this. My mind was completely other places yeah, at that could, time. Well, we could tell. Um, it's a slow part of the off season, so there's not like game changing news, but there is a, a few news items that happened uh, while we we're gone. We're gonna go over some of those things before we jump into a fantastic conversation with Jeremy Clump. Um, first up in the news, we got Tom Brady in the news this week because Ian Rappaport reported that Tom Brady played all of last year with a fully torn MCL in his knee, which seems almost fake. That is actually insane to think about. Um, an MCL, uh, WebMD says uh, that an MCL uh, injury, having a torn MCL is uh, increases your risk of hyperextending your knee or having your knee completely bent backwards. So if your ACL is torn, your risk of those things happening is tenfold. And Tom Brady played all of last year, apparently, with that knee injury, which he originally sustained in 2019 uh, with the New England Patriots. Um, As if Tom Brady didn't already have enough reasons to be impressive, what he did last year uh, in Tampa Bay, going to a brand new team, away from Bill Belichick, uh, winning a Super Bowl in his first season away from the New England Patriots, he just had to like sprinkle this little bit on top. <laughs> He's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, my knee didn't even work last last mm-hmm. season," and it just—I even saw him run. Yeah, and you 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 do that in football occasionally. Yeah. How do you do that with a torn MCO? I think you can. I don't even. I guess like this is just for keeping your knee stationary. Like I think any other position, if he had played wide receiver, if he had played running back, anything, I think he would have not played last year because Mm -hmm. that's like a torn MCL, that's not a joke. Like that's a season-ending injury. But because Tom Brady, he doesn't run a whole lot. He's a very stationary quarterback. That's literally how he's made his money from in the pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, He was able to to kind of play through that. He was wearing a knee brace for like all of last season. And he won a... And he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, he beat the best quarterback in football, Patrick (laughs) Mahomes. He beat him... On one knee. Oh, wow. Which is just, I mean, t- I don't know. It's its crazy. I mean, Tom Brady has already proven that he's the greatest of all time. And it's just little things like, you know, li- things like this that show how incredibly competitive he is. A lot of people at his age would have said, all right, that's a wrap for me. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd been struggling with these knee injuries uh, in New England for a while. And, like, a lot of people would say, right, I think my career is just over. It's a wrap. But Tom Brady's like, no. I'm just going to play this season on this torn MCL. I'm going to play really well, win the Super Bowl, uh, and then just get surgery in the offseason, which is what he did. He got surgery to reconstruct his knee. Um, 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be facing fines, however, for, according to Mike Florio from Pro Football Focus, uh, Pro Football Talk, rather, uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be facing fines for not letting the league know about Tom Brady's injury. So, really? Yeah, because you have to report injuries. There's an injury report every week for every team. You gotta oh my kn- goodness! You got to know what the the injuries going in. Um, and this happened a while back with uh, Brett Favre when he played for the Jets. Uh, in tw- 2008, 2000, 2009, something like that, uh, Brett Favre was playing with the New York Jets. They never um, reported that he had uh, he had an injury. I don't honestly remember what the injury was, but it was a pretty significant injury. They never put it on the injury report. And they were si- they were fined like tens of thousands of dollars. Oh. Uh, the New York Jets, and then Brett Favre wasn't even there the next season, which was pretty funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Tampa Buccaneers could be facing fines, but Tom Brady just finds another way just to say, hey, look how good I am at football. <laughs> he didn't need to do that, didn't need to show us how good he was at football. We already knew. It was already impressive, but now he did it on one knee. Speaking of Patriots or former Patriots or current Patriots or current Patriots who want to be former Patriots, Patriots wide receiver Nikhil Harry uh, asked for a trade. This was a little while back, but like we said, we... we uh, we haven't had this podcast for a couple weeks now. Um, he's had 414 yards receiving in two seasons, four touchdowns. Uh, he's not going to be a guy who's going to get a big return. Uh, Nikhil Harry, we, we've you know it's it's been kind of common knowledge. He has not really worked out in New England. Uh, he was a former first round pick, the 32nd pick, I believe, in the in the draft uh, two years ago. Hasn't really panned out. Bill Belichick has has struggled tremendously uh, to draft wide receivers. We we've seen it. Uh, it's 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 been a tough, you know, for a team that is so good at developing talent for a a a coach that's so good good at developing talent. He's also the GM there in New England, and I think this this is kind of something that gets overlooked at times. Is is Bill Belichick the coach? Probably the greatest coach of all time. Uh, Bill Belichick, the GM, probably not one of the better GMs in the NFL, uh, and that's kind of a might be a little bit of a hot take. But he's he's struggled in recent years, and we'll see how he does this year with some of the free agent signings and, and draft picks they brought in Mac Jones in the in the draft. See if that works out. But if you if you go and specifically the wide receiver position, um, the receivers that have been drafted in Bill Belichick's era have a lot of them just absolutely have not panned out there there was a couple years ago so in 2008 bill belichick drafted matthew slater um he ended up being a special teams player one of the best special team player in the nfl consistently good like consistent pro bowler at the special teams position that's a good draft pick uh it was in the fifth round so you can't ask for much more and then he drafted julian edelman uh in the seventh round another good uh pick you know not nothing too uh, you know Nothing much to say there. I mean, that's that's a good pick. A seventh-round receiver who just recently retired and one of the greatest receivers uh, in New England Patriots history. Uh, then he drafted Brandon Tate, uh, who was fine. But after that, these are the players that, that Bill Belichick has drafted at the wide receiver position. It's been Taylor Price in the third round in 2010, Jeremy Ebert in the seventh round in 2012, Josh Boyce, Aaron Dobson, 2013, Jeremy Gallon in 2014. I've never heard of that name in my life. Devin Lucian in the seventh round in 2016. 
Malcolm Mitchell, who showed some flashes at times, but uh, I think struggled with a lot of injuries. And then Braxton Berrios in 2018, and then Nikhil Harry in 2019. So Bill Belichick struggled to draft wide receivers, and Nikhil Harry is just the latest example of that. Uh, He apparently will report to training camp despite uh, wanting to be traded. Uh, And if he does get traded, which I would expect him to be traded, I don't... I honestly was expecting him to be cut. I mean, he just has not been consistent for that. Or he hasn't, not even consistent, he just hasn't produced for the New England Patriots. And they brought in Nelson Aguilar. They uh, they brought in Kendrick Bourne. Uh, they brought in those two tight ends. They, they have a lot of brand new weapons there. It's kind of gotten to the point. Uh, they have Jacoby Myers there who played really well last year. Uh, that Nikhil Harry just doesn't have a spot on that roster anymore. And if he does get traded... It will probably be for like a conditional seventh round pick that ends up not turning into any pick because he probably won't make the roster on the team that he gets traded to because he's just not very good. He doesn't create separation. Pro Football Focus said he was uh, open the second least, 99th, I believe, out of 100 wide receivers in the NFL when it came to getting open. He he can't get open. He can't create separation. Uh, He hasn't panned out in New England, but who knows? Maybe a change of scenery, uh, and, and he can he can rekindle some of that first-round talent that he had coming into the NFL. Next up in the news, we have a contract extension for another offensive lineman, another offensive lineman uh, getting extended, and it's Taylor Moten for the Carolina Panthers. He gets a four-year, $72 million extension uh, through 2025. Um, he has been you know, a better than average offensive tackle there for Carolina for a few years now, uh, about four years uh, there in Carolina. And, you know, I'm not going to act like I know a ton about offensive line play, but PFF has him graded as as a as a better than average offensive tackle. And we've talked about time and time again how important uh, it is to keep good, uh, even if they're not great, good offensive linemen, uh, especially with Carolina, they, they have sort of a questionable offensive line. I'm not going to say, you know, that it's one of the worst in the league, but it's certainly looking back at their offensive line, it's 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 definitely a question mark, and and you don't love to see that, especially uh, when you have Sam Darnold, who hasn't had really good offensive line play or good surrounding talent in his NFL career, and that has not. Uh, done very well for him in his career so far. He struggled in New York. You're hoping to surround Sam Darnold with a little bit more talent, and I think they have that at the wide receiver position. But a good way also to surround Sam Darnold with talent is to not let good offensive linemen out the door. And Taylor Moten, uh, he was the 13th ranked uh, tackle by PFF out of 79 ranked tackles. So that's that's a fairly good grade uh, for a right tackle, um, and the rest of the line is a little questionable. Like I talked about, he's definitely the bookend. He's he's the he's the highlight of that of that offensive line. So a good signing for the Carolina Panthers, and a good sign uh, for Sam Darnold. Next up in the news, we have David Onyemata, the defensive lineman for the New Orleans Saints. He's actually a Canadian, which is kind of cool. He, he went to the University of Manitoba for all my Canadians uh, that uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, this is, well, maybe not a good example. He was actually suspended this week uh, for six games in the 2021 NFL season for taking performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, so that's that's quite a blow to... You got something to say, Joe? 
What kind? Uh, I don't know. PEDs. Just apparently, he like most people when they get caught, they're like, "Oh, I had no idea that I was doing things that I wasn't supposed to do." Do they get drugged by their trainers? Uh, n- not like on purpose. Like they like pe- a lot of people. Uh, and the NFL is apparently, and I don't know this because I'm not a player. I don't see the list of all the drugs that are not permitted uh, in the NFL. But the NFL is apparently very, very vague with what's allowed and what's not allowed. Or there's like a long list and it's hard to like know what's not allowed. So a lot of players will just ha- take like creatine powders and stuff. Mm. And they'll have no idea that there's stuff inside that stuff that's not permitted by the NFL. Mm. Uh, and that's kind of what a lot of the, a lot of the guys who get into this situation say uh, is is what happened. Uh, I don't know exactly with David on- Onyemata what what happened, but he's a he's a big piece of that New Orleans Saints um, defensive line. That's going to be a big blow. I mean, six games is not nothing. That's almost half the season without one of the better interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Uh, they have Cam Jordan there. Uh, they they uh, brought in Peyton Barber or Peyton. What was his name? Peyton's. I'll have to look it up here real quick because I it was Peyton something, not Peyton Barber because that's a running back. Peyton Turner in the first round of this year's NFL draft. Uh, Marcus Davenport who who hasn't showed a lot, but David Onyemata was the seventh ranked defensive interior defensive lineman uh, by PFF last year. So that that's a big blow for a a team in the Saints that you know they there's a lot of. A lot of uh, question marks on this team. The quarterback position, obviously, a big question mark. Will it be Taysom Hill? Will it be Jameis Winston? Can they still produce without uh, Drew Brees there at the quarterback position? Uh, and now you have another question mark thrown into uh, this this team with losing one of the one of your better players for six games. Next up in the news, we have Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, calling it a career after 14 seasons in the NFL. He played. Four, six teams in his 14-year career. Never played anywhere more than three years uh, at a time, which is kind of funny to think about. Uh, but he's a he's a guy that that I uh, am very I was very fond of as as a young Dolphins fan growing up. And obviously, I'm I'm fairly young. I'm only 23 years old. So right around when Ted Ginn was with the Dolphins, it's kind of when I I first was really getting in to uh, football. Some of my earliest, fondest memories are of Ted Ginn. Uh, although he he maybe wasn't you know, the receiver that the Dolphins ho- hoped for, the most receiving yards he ever had for the Dolphins was, was 790 in 2008. Uh, he never really turned into uh, what they hoped for, obviously with a, with a, f- with a p- first pick uh, or a first round pick. Um, he, was, he was an explosive, explosive player. Uh, I recall a game against the Jets where he brought back-to-back kickoff returns for a touchdown. I think it was 100 yards on the first one and then 101 yards on the second one. And I was talking with one of my uh, one of my cousins this week, uh, just messaging on, on Instagram, and we were talking about how um, and we both kind of grew up watching the NFL, and, and Ted Ginn basically was a part of the NFL the entire time we've been watching it. Um not not completely, but but essentially, since we really started getting into the NFL, Ted Ginn Jr. Has, has been around, and it was just funny to see um, how long of a of a career he had. He was never a Pro Bowl. He was never a, a an All Pro type of receiver. He never made the Pro Bowl. Never made an All Pro team. 
but as a returner and as as a deep threat, he was explosive. And and it was late into his career where you would see him pop up on teams like the Saints or or the Carolina Panthers. He was a big part um, of that of that team of that MVP Cam Newton season. Um, he would just have these explosive plays. Out of nowhere, you'd be like, oh yeah, Ted Ginn Jr. is on this team. And he'd have like an 80-yard touchdown out of nowhere for like the Panthers or for the, or for the Saints or or for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, he was he was a guy who, you know, may, may, may not have had the career that a lot of people thought he would have when he was a first-round pick. But spending 14 years in the NFL and, and staying healthy and being an explosive player like he was is definitely not an unimpressive feat. And Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, is, is a player that I'll always remember. He was one of my, one of my first favorite players uh, growing up as a Dolphins fan. Didn't spend too many years in Miami. Only was only there for three years, but just an extremely explosive uh, athlete and a, and a tremendous returner, returner. So cheers to Ted Ginn Jr. on a, a, great career the final piece of news uh very bizarre news uh richard sherman the free agent defensive back formerly of the 49ers formerly of the seattle seahawks uh was arrested and charged with burglary 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 domestic violence uh in washington where he has a home obviously for uh after playing with the seattle seahawks um this was an insane story. Richard Sherman, for those of you that don't know, I don't know if you know who Richard Sherman is. I, I sounds very familiar. Do you so. do you ever see the one where uh, the the video where he had the interview with the late ladies interviewing him, and he goes, "I'm the best corner in the game. Don't you ever talk about me?" And he's like screaming at this, and I don't know, maybe it if sounds you saw familiar. It, he's just like a he's always been like a really brash, like just out there, like he tells you how it is um, on the field, like just a trash talker. One of the best defensive backs we've seen in the last uh, like decade, mm-hmm. but off the field he's always been like a super intelligent. Like he's an NFL Players Association rep. Like he's like a smart guy. He went to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Like just really hasn't had any off the field issues. But this uh, a couple weekends ago, obviously uh, haven't done the show in a, a little bit, so it's been a while now. But there's video of him trying to break into his in laws' house, and he's slamming on this door like he's like trying to get in there he's screaming i think he's saying come through or something that's what you say when you want to like fight something like you know come through right that's what you say when you want to fight um and apparently he had he he got into a car accident he ran his car into a construction site where construction workers were working this was at night uh rumors are that he was drunk he ran away from his car wow ran to his in-laws for some reason was super mad Trying to punch through the door, um, his wife called nine one one. Basically, was saying, uh, oh, nice. "Yeah, he's like Bless drunk. You. He's high. Um, Good he's me. threatening us. He's threatening to kill himself. It's like just an insane what fit situation." Heck? And then the police had to bring in a canine unit to bring him down because he resisted arrest. And obviously, a football player, it's tough to bring him down. It's it's kind of nice that they use a canine unit and mm-hmm. not something more severe mm-hmm. so they have to get dogs to to bring him into an arrest like what and he was just like oh man it was just a ridiculous and it's crazy because he's such a respected like player in the nfl mm-hmm. he's he's on podcast i think he has a podcast with chris collinsworth like just a super intelligent well-spoken like really good dude 
and just this just came out of nowhere uh and, and it's it's really sad to see and, and you hope that it's not cte related you hope that it's not like concussion related but uh you know there's there's a lot of situations like this of of, of players with mental issues and whether that is fame related whether that's money related whether it's uh concussion related it's it's not something um obviously that we like to see and richard sherman uh he he issued an apology on his on his social medias uh, it reads and i quote uh, i am deeply remorseful for my actions on tuesday night i behaved in a manner i am not proud of i have been dealing with some personal challenges over the last several months but that is not an excuse for how i acted the importance of mental and emotional health is extremely real and i vow to get the help I need. I appreciate all of the people who have reached reached out in support of me and my family, including our community here in Seattle. I am grateful to have such an amazing wife, family, and support system to lean on during this time. End quote. Uh, so Richard Sherman, uh, there was just a few day, a few weeks ago, rumors that he's potentially returning back to Seattle, uh, looking for places to play this season, 2021. Uh, you hope that he can work through whatever he's going through uh thoughts and prayers with richard sherman is he's just he's such a fun player to watch and like i said well-spoken incredible he's on podcasts he's with pff all the time chris collinsworth really good dude uh you hope that he can get through this and, and hopefully you know potentially come back to playing in the nfl but obviously that's the least of his worries right now uh but that wraps up the news uh that we all missed in the last two weeks um so without further ado why don't we go over to a fantastic conversation with our good friend, Jeremy Klump from The Finn Fanatic. Great dude, great conversation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he is currently the site expert at Hail Florida Hail, covering the Florida Gators. Uh, he's also a, contrib- a contributor at The Finn Fanatic, uh, where he puts up fire content uh, every week. Uh, constantly it's fire. Uh, he's been on the pod before. You guys know him. He's also a fantastic Twitter follow at Nutty Professor, uh, where he's now verified. Are you kidding me? Uh, welcome to the podcast for the second time, Jeremy Klump, the professor. How's it going, man? Oh, man, it's going good. I got to correct you, though. It's Nutty X Professor. Nutty X don't, Professor. Don't forget Sorry, that yeah. X. But yes, yeah, I am verified now, which uh, honestly, it sounds so dumb, like such a little like little blue check mark could mean so yeah. much. But honestly, it's pretty cool, dude. It, it's so different being on Twitter now. Like before I hit send now, I really overthink some things, too. You know, oh, I don't yeah. want like, to go at people too hard now that I'm verified yeah, and stuff. You're but, a- you're a big deal now, man. You're I know, a big it's deal. Pretty, it's pretty cool, but yeah, so uh, I think you're gassing me up a little too much on those Dolphins articles, but I appreciate it. Just having yeah. fun, you know. Dolphins Twitter is uh, an interesting place to be, so um, it's been a lot of fun dropping articles. I feel like no matter what I say, something can cause uh, some debate, so it's been fun. Oh, 100%. If you're, if you're uploading any sort of football content, especially, I feel like you got to be prepared for a ton of backlash, but... I think you do you do an incredible job. I like reading your articles, and I know uh, you you do a good job like shooting back at some of these these hate comments. Sometimes, dude, that's entertaining to watch at times too. Uh, but you you've had a lot of things to write about recently. Obviously, uh, the news around the NFL right now, uh, Xavier Howard, the Dolphins. It seems like they always find a way to get into the the limelight. Somehow, it seems like there's every off season 
there's like one or two dolphin stories. And it's just like for a team that hasn't been very successful uh, in many, many years, they still find a way to get in the spotlight. And this is how it's happening this year uh, with the Xavier Howard situation. Obviously, we've known for some time Xavier Howard uh, is unhappy with his contract. Really, since before the season ended, we figured he would want a contract extension. Um, but it kind of went quiet there for a little bit. And then minicamp started. Uh, he didn't report to the mandatory minicamps. And now we, we've been hearing with Mike Silver's report uh, from NFL Network uh, that Xavier Howard uh, is unhappy. And, and there is gonna, there's a lot of trade chatter, is, is the way that he put it. Um, I'm just wondering, Jeremy, as, as someone, uh, you seem to be very plugged in within the Dolphins organization, within p- other people that are plugged in. What is... What exactly, for those who maybe don't know, I haven't kept up with the offseason quite as much, what is going on? Is it a contra- Is it just purely numbers? Is it purely just a contract situation with Xavier Howard? Or is there something else involved here? Yeah, so I think one thing that's really interesting, and a lot of Dolphins fans kind of just like have a disconnect where they say, oh, the Dolphins just need to give him more money and it's going to be good. Like, don't you think they would have done that already if that's all it was? Like, it's pretty simple what they could do. If they wanted Xavier Howard to be extended or not extended, his contract to be redone and stuff, it, it's so simple for them to do. And uh, one thing that I reported that I heard was that it was more along the lines of wanting to be paid more than Byron Jones. That's what it seemed like, someone told me. So it's almost like a respect kind of thing. And then, I don't know if you saw, Omar Kelly was on Finside the NFL with Reason, and he said it's not even money anymore. It's more about respect now. Like Xavier Howard and the Dolphins, it's all about respect. So I think it's I think it's honestly I wrote this. I think I wrote this today or the other day, but I think it's fractured. I think the relationship is fractured and I don't think they're gonna repair it. I really the the, the words that I get and knowing that there's some teams that even sent them some trade offers already. I know some people said that that's not true and I'm stirring the pot. And then Mike Silver came out and said that there are teams that are interested, like I I don't know how to do this anymore with Dolphins fans other than just being blunt. Like the Miami Dolphins aren't this team. I've said this before. They're not this team that's like everyone walks in. They're like, welcome to Miami. Here's a lollipop. Everything's great. Like things, things are not great right now with Xavier Howard. I mean, I, I just don't get like how fans don't understand. Even Brian Flores mentioned it in his interview during minicamp. He said things. I think the word he used was, uh, I, I might be wrong here, but he either said unique or complicated yeah. Meaning that Xavier Howard just signed a recent contract extension, and now it's hard to renegotiate and go from there since he already signed a recent one. So he wasn't there. Flores brought it up. Now we have these reports from NFL Network, too, confirming things that I've said. It, it's it's not good. It is not yeah. good, especially this close to training camp. I don't know how people don't understand this either. I, I kind of mentioned it before. It's like, oh, They'll get it worked out by training camp. They've had you. You just mentioned it after the season. They've had so long to get it worked out. It's not some magical fairy tale where they need potion to get the right thing to make it work. Like they know what each side wants. Like all they have to do is sit down in a room and work it out. Clearly, that hasn't happened. So it's ugly, in my opinion. I I really I, I did say this. You know, it's so ugly. But at the end of the day, I could see tomorrow we wake up and Xavier Howard has a new contract and everything could move on. But that, that's just that's the NFL. It's just to me with how everything's worked out. I don't see how that happens. That would be a complete surprise, in my opinion, if they if they work it out now, because they've had way too long. He's not happy. He's posting cryptic things on Instagram. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious the writings on the wall and what's going to happen. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been I, uh, what I had kind of been wondering if if it's more than just a, a con. Obviously, it started as a contract 
thing. And we, we know, uh, based on reports out of out of beat writers out of Miami, that Xavier Howard wants to get paid more than Byron Jones, which is it's it's fair. Obviously, he is a much better defensive back at this moment than Byron Jones. He's produced when healthy uh, at a much higher level than Byron Jones has ever produced. Um, but I do wonder, like you talked about with the Brian Flores comments, where he where he said it's a complicated or a unique situation. How much of that has played into it? Uh, really, the dial being turned up to to like the nth degree, where it's no longer a situation that looks like it can be it can be fixed. Where there is now maybe a respect issue now between Xavier Howard uh, and the front office. And that was kind of my next question: is is if do you think that it can be fixed? Do you think that? Um, that this situation is salvageable for the Dolphins, for Xavier and Howard. Do they want it to salvage, to, to even salvage it at this point? Or, or what do you think in regards to that? I would say one thing, that money always talks. So if the Miami Dolphins decide, you know what, we can put up with all his crap right now, we, we need him. I mean, money's going to talk. All they have to do is pay him more money. Yes, it's a respect thing, but same thing goes to Xavier and Howard where money talks. He could be as mad as he wants at the Dolphins, but if they come out and they say, you know what, here you go, highest paid corner in the NFL, here it is, you think he's going to say no because he was mad that he got slighted a little? I don't think so. But again, the Dolphins would have done that already if they were going to do it. I don't see why they're going to wait till the first day before training camp. That makes no sense. All it causes is drama and turmoil for your team. And and owners and GMs and, and coaches, they don't want that. So uh, I don't know. I, I just I really don't know if it's going to be able to be repaired unless they just throw him the big money and he, they all just swallow like their, their pride because that's what it's become, in my opinion. I think it's more of a pride thing now, too. It's almost like a Brian Flores versus uh, Xavier Howard match where like both of them want to be like the alpha in the room and they're both alphas, obviously, in their own way. I just feel like Brian Flores, he he runs it that that Patriot way, that Bill Belichick way, where it's like, listen, this is what I want to happen. And Xavier Howard, he's not that type of player. He pushes back. I mean, we've seen stuff before with him. Like, so he he doesn't want to do it that way. And I think it's turned into that, where it's like, you know what? The money's not important right now. It's my pride versus your pride. So I don't know. I, I again, money talks. So if they offer him the big money, you never know. But I just I don't think it's gonna get worked out. I really don't. That's kind of that. That was also a thought process that I that I had. How much of this is Brian Flores coming from the New England system, the way of doing things there? We've seen them time and time again. Uh, players up for contracts or players not satisfied, they'll ship them away uh, at the drop of a hat. And there's really good players they shipped away. Chandler Jones. Uh, we've seen Jamie Collins. Uh, we we see them with with uh, Stephon Gilmore right now. There's a contract dispute going there. You wonder how much of that is carried over from Brian Flores's time in in New England is it like just just sort of a you signed a contract type thing and I think it is a unique situation like Brian Flores says because it's not like Xavier Howard is on the fourth year of a five-year contract you know he signed uh, the contract what was it two uh not five even years. two se- t- yeah five-year contract not even two seasons ago right it was before yeah. last last yeah. season 2019 yeah. 2020 the first two years of it this is the third year he's going into so and at the time he was the highest paid defensive back in the league, and a lo- I think a lot of con- a lot of Dolphins fans kind of kind of see it as uh, when he signed that contract, uh, you you might recall he was going through a lot of legal issues, or there was some legal issues. There was a, yep. an incident with a shooting or something, and his name was somehow involved, uh, and he had struggled with injuries for a lot of his career. So some people are saying, hey, he didn't even really deserve that contract at that time. So why is he now not you know just 
just doing the Dolphins a favor when they clearly did him a favor at that at that point? Or do you think that they did him a favor at that point? Or do you think who who like it? Can we see it from both sides, or is it just clearly you know the player needs to get paid? We should always root for the player. I think that's kind of a disconnect uh, we can have sometimes. Is you know you don't want to root for the billionaire owners. But you also want your team to succeed. You want your team to have good contracts. Like, it, should we root for Xavier Howard, or or should we kind of not not root for Xavier Howard? Yeah, it's so weird that you said that. I honestly tweeted that a little bit ago because I I think I'm on both sides. You know, like I don't think there's any right or wrong, and I'm glad you said that because it's like. I see a lot of people like, oh, screw X. Like, give me a break, dude. This guy's putting his literally not his life per se, but like he's putting his his future of livelihood. Like he's hitting his head. He's getting knee injuries. Like it's not like he's doing a job that like we're doing nine to five. You know what I mean? He's he's playing a real physical contact sport. So why would he not try to get as much money as he can now? Because when he's done with that, what what money is he going to be getting? You know, he could be not even able to walk as good as he wants to walk after he plays football. So I'm always fine with the player going for more money, but I just think there's ways to go about it. Like, mm-hmm. I think what makes me more angry is it's clear that it's kind of turned into the ego thing. And it's like, you know, yes, you're better than Byron Jones. And Byron Jones even made like a really weird comment, too. I don't know if you saw that. He mentioned something. He mentioned something along the lines of like, even if he was the second paid corner, he'd uh, he'd be there doing something. Like he made like almost like a backhanded comment to Xavier Howard, and that's the way I took it. It's like he knows that Xavier Howard's almost mad that he makes more than him, and that's where I get mad at Xavier Howard because like, go get money like to be comfortable. It's not about making more money than someone else in the team. That just kind of takes away the whole point of like me wanting to be on your side because now you're not making it about like yourself. You're making it about making more money than someone else that's dumb that's not how it should be like if he just wanted more money for the sense of yes he deserves more money because he played great i'd be fine with it and then it goes to the dolphin sides like i'm on their side they gave him all that money like you said he didn't maybe deserve the contract he got but they bet on him they trusted him they gave him the contract it worked out for both sides what are they going to do give him a new contract and then next year he gets eight interceptions and plays even better you know what i mean lockdown lets up no catches he's going to want another contract because someone else gets paid higher than him so i just i don't know it's tough it's a tough it's a tough situation and that's what makes me mad as dolphins fans is everyone's like oh it's fine it's fine trust me it is not fine like this is not a this is not an easy situation the fact that we even can break it down like this shows how like unique as brian fuller said complex like this is a a tough contract situation so yeah, I'm on both sides though. I really am. It's tough. Like I wouldn't I'm it's so I wouldn't say I'd lean towards any side. I I would say that I guess we I don't want to like ruin it if you had any other questions on it, but I'll kind of touch on this and something I've been talking about and maybe get your take on it in a sense where a lot of people think that the Dolphins have all this leverage. They have all the leverage in the world. I see everyone tweet that every day. Dolphins have all the leverage. Dolphins have all the leverage. And I wrote about it today. I don't think people understand the type of leverage the Dolphins have. They have leverage over Xavier Howard. Sure. Don't play. We won't pay you. That's dumb. Why is he going to want to lose all that money? But if that happens, I see a ton of people. Oh, stick it to X. Don't pay him. But then the Dolphins lose. They have, they lose their leverage situation because now Xavier Howard's not playing cool. The Dolphins are saving some money, but now they don't have Xavier Howard in their lineup and they didn't get any value for him. They didn't get a, a, a draft pick, a player, nothing. He's just sitting at his house on the roster for no reason. That is a huge, huge loss for the Dolphins. I don't know how people can't comprehend it, to be completely honest. Like, you don't want your star player sitting at home. At the end of the day, you don't want it. And if he doesn't want to be there, then you need to get something for him. Like, 
So that's kind of that's the thing that I've been on to. It just makes me so mad. It's like the leverage thing. I honestly think Xavier Howard has leverage over the Dolphins right now. I think he could easily, easily force his way out of Miami. Mm-hmm. He could do exactly what Jalen Ramsey did. And I see I was arguing with someone today that, oh, that's not a thing. That won't happen. I don't know if people just forgot about this, but Jalen Ramsey wanted to trade, wanted a new contract. Wouldn't happen. Then he wanted to trade. He shows up to training camp with a back injury. He had a back injury, didn't practice, wouldn't practice because of his back injury. He gets traded to the Rams. His first day in LA, he practiced no injury designation, no back injury. It's not hard for a player to force his way out of it. Like Xavier Howard has a lot more leverage here than people think. Like it's, it's a, again, it's just such a weird, unique situation, but it's really, it goes, it's deep. It's a lot deeper than people understand. I think that's, that's a big part of, uh, part of it that fans and even myself at times often forget like the human aspect of this. If this was like, if we're playing Madden, yeah, we have all the, like the dolphins have all the leverage. Like, like he just signed a brand new contract. He's going to get fined for, for every time that he's not at training camp, every game that he misses, but you forget the human aspect. You forget that, like you said, the Jalen Ramsey thing where he can come, you know, Xavier Howard's had a ton of knee issues. He can come and say, Oh, my knee hurts. Uh, I can't play for weeks at a time. Um, and you know, he can come and do that and, and that totally disrupts the locker room. And then if, if the dolphins say, Hey, we're not going to pay our, we're not going to pay our best player. And that, that's another interesting part of this. It's not like Xavier Howard is the, you know, the third best player or the best player just on the defense, the best, he's the best player on the dolphins roster. So if, if, if other dolphins players look at this situation, they see, wow, the dolphins are not they're not even going to go out and like extend this olive branch to, to the best player. I mean, this is literally one of the best players in the league. You know, what are they going to do for me? It, it's that human os- aspect where it's not just about the contract. It's not just about, uh, you know, Xavier Howard getting his money, not getting his money, but it's, it's relationships that can be fractured within the organization, within the locker room. And it goes both ways. It's both Xavier Howard's side, uh, you know, teammates getting annoyed, like you said, with Byron Jones, potentially getting annoyed with, with this contract dispute, but it also goes the way of the dolphins. If, if they don't pay their best player, you know, players often look at stuff like that and they say, why would I, you know, free agents in the future, why would I want to sign there? They're not going to give me a contract extent they're, or they're not going to give me uh, you know, extra money, even if I play at an all pro defensive player of the year type of level. So it's, it's, it's that aspect of it. I think that people forget it's, it's not just numbers. It's not Madden. Like these are real human beings that we have to deal with and, and real relationships, but let's, let's maybe segue a little bit from that aspect of it and kind of, let's assume maybe that, th- that this is going to happen. Xavier, I think to me, the writings on the wall, I, th- I think the same way you, I think it's going to happen. I think we've seen this time and time again with the Dolphins, I think specifically. It just feels to me like the, like Xavier Howard is not long for Miami. But let's say he does get traded within the next few days, hopefully not before this podcast goes up. But um, <laughs> where do you think, what are some suitors for Xavier Howard? Where do you think you could see him potentially being traded? Mike Silver, I know we talked about uh, some some contending teams that might want to 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 kind of throw their hat in the ring and and maybe give up more compensation. What do you think as far as that goes? Honestly, I think what it comes down to if Xavier Howard is available, I don't see how almost every team in the NFL is looking into it. I mean, obviously you're going to cut down the, the AFC East, those teams they're no, they don't have a chance. There's no way they're going to trade yep. him inside the division. But when you look at it, I mean, there's going to be what what team wouldn't try to trade for Xavier Howard, especially teams. And I know a lot of people say they need the cap space like 
the cap space can be easily manipulated. I don't think any team in the NFL is worried about adding Xavier Howard to the roster. They will easily make it work. And next year's cap's going up too. So when he gets his new contract, a lot of people forget that too. When Xavier Howard goes to his new team, they're going to give him a new contract more than, no, 100%. He's not going to play under the same contract. So what they can do is manipulate the cap where, okay, hey, we're going to sign you. Your cap number this year is going to be 1 million. It's going to jump up to 25 million next year. And we're going to give you all this guaranteed money. Like it's very easy to fix and manipulate. So I think so, like literally almost every team in the NFL should try to trade for him. If there was any that I would say would probably be the leaders for trading for him, I like the Saints, honestly, as a team to go for. I know there was some reports already from some Saints writers that they're 100% in going to try to get him, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, that would be amazing for their defense. They lost uh, Janoris Jenkins in the offseason, so adding him, obviously, with Lattimore would be amazing. Uh, I saw people talking about the Browns. I don't know as much about if the Browns would do that. I mean, I know they have – they drafted Greedy Williams. I think he was a second-round pick. They obviously have – What's the kid's name? The really the talented corner. Denzel Ward. Yep, Denzel Ward. They got Denzel Ward, obviously, and I think they signed the guy from the Rams in the offseason too. So and they but took again, they took a, a defensive back in the first round of this year's draft as well. So that's that's another one right there. But but again, it's just it comes down to like Xavier Howard. It's Xavier Howard. So like you plug him into your team. I mean, that's amazing. The Dallas Cowboys obviously make a lot of sense. Uh, I've heard that the Philadelphia Eagles are very interested, obviously, which would be sick. Darius Slay and Xavier Howard. I mean, you can't map it up better than that. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. And I, I like a dark horse team. And I wrote about this kind of in a in a joking way, but but turned into like a huge fire. But I could see the Packers going after him too, though. I mean, that secondary. And I mean, what better way to make Aaron Rodgers happy? Go get Xavier Howard and have one of the best secondaries in football, and go score points. And tell teams, go ahead, try to score more points on us because our secondary is great. I mean, that I would be a phenomenal, phenomenal fit for them. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's so tough just because of the whole idea that like, if they really do make him available, I think almost every team in the NFL is going to call and say like, what do you want for him? I mean, some teams might get turned away with the first round pick idea and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I really do think some of these, especially the contenders, they're going to go all in. Why wouldn't you? I mean, imagine the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, how crazy would that be? Like, there's going to be teams. There's no reason for these teams not to reach out and try to get someone like him. And there's a team like the Kansas City Chiefs where this is where the Dolphins need to try to fix their culture. I know a lot of people like the Dolphins have good culture, but look at the Chiefs. I mean, I guarantee you if they approached some of their star players and they said, listen, we can get Xavier Howard in a trade. Will you restructure your contract? They'll all do it because they want to win football games. So, again, I just see any contending team, any contending team will go after him. And even some of the teams that are like on the cusp, like some like the Indianapolis Colts. I know they don't have a first round pick technically because they gave the second that could turn into a first for for Wentz. But I mean, imagine them adding him to the roster. It's just like it's it's crazy to me that like people don't think that there's going to be a market for him. I see a lot of people saying, oh, the Dolphins aren't going to get anything back for him. They're definitely going to like. Their teams are going to go. They're not going to get the Jalen Ramsey haul, but they're going to get a haul. Teams are going to want a player like Xavier Howard. I mean, what, he's 28 years old, coming off 10 interceptions? So, yeah, I honestly, it's so hard to just, like, pick one team. But I would say if you told me to pick right now which team is going to trade for Xavier Howard, I'm going to say it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. That would be my pick. Wow. All right. I like that. That's that's not a name I've heard too much. The Dallas Cowboys. That, but that makes sense too. Another team with a struggling defense, uh, a secondary that's that's definitely lackluster. They're missing a lot there. Uh, a lot of people thought they would take Patrick Sertan there in the first round. 
of the draft. He ended up getting snatched up by the Denver Broncos. That's that's a really interesting one. I didn't even think about the Dallas Cowboys. Think uh, about that defense with him in there. How nice that would be. They got, would they got be, studs on all levels then. Oh yeah, that would. I mean, they they would have probably one of the best turnarounds we've seen from a defense uh, with Dan Quinn there as a defensive coordinator. Uh, but Jeremy also wrote about. Uh, this exact topic. He's got an article called Five Creative Trade Scenarios for Xavier Howard. Um, if you guys want more information on who you think potentially could be traded on, go read that article. It's a great article. Um, another aspect of it, so we talked about where he could get traded. I'm curious what what the haul for him would be, what the compensation for a guy like Xavier Howard would be. Because we saw a few years ago with you know Jalen Ramsey and then Jamal Adams, defensive backs... Uh, tend to get a lot uh, a lot in return. Now, this is maybe a little bit of a unique situation. He is a little bit older than Jalen uh, Jalen Ramsey and and uh, Jamal Adams. So I'm curious what, what the compensation for Miami would be. Yeah, so I think it gets tough again. We keep going back to that unique word, but it honestly makes too much sense for the situation. It's going to be tough. The new team obviously is going to give him a contract extension. But again, that contract extension is going to be unique for that team still too because they're still getting on the contract that he had. So they're going to have to mess around some things. I think with the idea that they'll have to pay him big money, the idea that he's obviously injury prone, he has some off-field issues that have obviously been a thing. Uh, I, I don't in any way, I see a lot of people saying, if they don't get two ones, don't trade him. Like I don't see any scenario whatsoever that they get two ones. I really, mm-hmm. truly don't. I think the most they could get is a one and like a good player. And I think the best deal they can get is a good starter borderline elite player in like a second, which I, that's what the creative thing that I went to. I, I like some of those ideas of, of adding a player like Chandler Jones and I'd take a second round pick, but then you add Chandler Jones, the guy who's had 19 sacks in a season, 17 sacks in a season. Like I, I like the idea of adding the player just because I hate the whole, Oh, get the draft picks build through the draft. And then dolphins fans are like, Oh, we don't want to get rid of X and we have Noah Igbenogany. It's like, well, do you want to build through the draft or not? Because Noah Igbenogany is a first round draft pick. So do you like the idea of building through the draft or do you like the idea of adding the player? Like, which one is it? I, I don't know how Dolphins fans don't see that. I see a lot of people that are like, no, we don't want to trade Tua or X. We want to build through the draft. Like if we get rid of Tua in the deal, this is for the Aaron Rodgers thing. If we get rid of that and Aaron Rodgers comes, we get rid of X, then Noah Igbenogany has to start. And it's like, well, if you think two is going to be good in year two, why isn't Noah Igbenogany going to be good in year two? It's like, yes, I know he had a rough rookie season, but it's like it drives me crazy that people want to build through the draft, but then act like, oh, well, that guy's a bust. The Dolphins missed on him. It's like, well, then that doesn't feel very good if you want draft picks. So I like the idea of like a, a good player, borderline elite player for and a two for him. But I mean, teams get desperate. I've had this idea. I said this on another show. If you look at like the the Eagles and the Sam Bradford situation, that was one of my favorite situations in the world. The the day they drafted Carson Wentz, obviously I was a huge Carson Wentz guy before the whole Philly thing even happened. And I said, they drafted him and I said, Carson Wentz will start week one. There's a 0%, 0% chance Howie Roseman is not starting Carson Wentz week one. I got trashed for it. People like, no way. Bradford's going to start. I said, they're trading Sam Bradford. 0% chance Carson Wentz is not the starter. And training camp starts. I'm like, oh, man, this stinks. Like, Sam Bradford's going to be the starter. Like, I really thought they were going to go Carson Wentz. Boom, one injury. Teddy Bridgewater goes down within what? I think it was three days. 
first round pick for him. I think it was a first and like a third for Sam Bradford. So maybe they're waiting for a team like a contender that thinks they're going to make a Super Bowl run, loses a player in, in training camp, and then they get even more for him. So maybe that's how everyone gets their two first round picks. But I, I just don't see it other than if something drastic like that happens. Mm-hmm. I think a first round pick for Xavier Howard would be a steal, honestly. Like I know he's incredible, but he's not having 10 interceptions next year. I mean, he's had some years where he's been injured, too. Like, what if he gets banged up right away next year? I think if this situation has been as ugly as it looks like it's been, it's the Dolphins would be smart to get as much as they could for him. If that's a second and a great player or a first and a good player, it's worth it. I'd do it. For sure. And you can talk about draft picks and, you know, the Dolphins fans oftentimes obsessed with draft picks, but there comes to a point where you can't just accumulate draft picks. You got to get good players. You got to have good players. You can't just win the draft every year. You know, Chris Greer's done a really good job maneuvering the draft, but that only gets you so far. Like you talked about with, with bringing in a player like Chandler Jones over maybe a first round pick, uh, you get a, you get a player who's proven and eventually you got to start winning games. And that that's another aspect of the Xavier Howard thing where it's frustrating to, to trade the best player on your team because yeah, you'll get draft pick compensation. Yeah. You'll get, you'll, you'll get, uh, you know, quote unquote, a haul. For, for for Xavier Howard, but eventually you just got to have good players on your team. You got to win games, uh, and that's gonna you know we'll kind of switch gears on that a little bit. I just want to talk about the Dolphins in general, and the Dolphins have changed quite a bit since we last talked. I think we t- last talked just before the draft, so it's it's been quite a quite a different uh, Dolphins team now. Obviously with the Xavier Howard situation, I'm just curious, just real quick. Um, what are some realistic expectations for the quarterback there in in Miami? What are some reali- re- realistic expectations? Because you see it on both sides. You see the people saying he's a bust, he's terrible, uh, he'll never be able to, he can't throw a deep ball, can't throw past five yards. And then there's other Dolphins fans where like, oh, he's going to be Dan Marino in year two. He's going to be, you know, he, he's ready to go. What are, like, what are some realistic expectations for Dolphins fans going into 2021 with Tua? Yeah, I uh, I somehow get looped into both of those sides every day when I'm literally <laughs> dead center in the middle, which I always love. I think one of my favorite things is I could tweet something about Tua, and I've had I screenshot and send it to some friends every now and then. It's like, oh, you Tua stand, and the next tweet's like, you're such a Tua hater. And literally within <laughs> one minute of each other, those tweets get sent to me, and like that is incredible. So I, I stand right in the middle where like I obviously Tua needs to get better. I don't know how people think that just because he had like this okay rookie season, it means he's going to be great. Like, no, he needs to progress. And same to the people that think he stinks because he had this okay rookie season. Like, that's not how it works. Like the NFL is in, I think someone said it's like this microwave society in a sense where like everything wants to be quick and done instead of doing it the right way. It's like, uh, it's crazy to me. So if I'm the Miami Dolphins or Miami Dolphins fan, I think what I would want to see from Tua, I kind of wrote on this in a way and I'll touch on it in a sense. It's like, I want to see Tua win football games and I don't want to see Tua win football games where he throws for 215 yards and one touchdown and the Dolphins win a defensive game. I want to see Tua throw for 325 yards, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. He was four for four on third down game winning drive. Like Tua needs to take over football games. And I think one name that comes to mind, some people might not like this, but you don't want him to be Alex Smith in a sense where Alex Smith is, he's a, Good quarterback. Like, no one hates on. You know what I mean? Alex Smith is a good player. But Alex Smith is not that guy that you're like, every Sunday we have a chance to win because of Alex Smith. Like, I want Tua to be that guy, like, year two where we're going into year three and everyone's thinking, 
well, we can win games with Tua. We know that Tua can be a guy that can win us football games if we need him to. So I think that's a big one for me. It's not necessarily stats in a sense. I just want to see him win games. Like I, I want him to be the guy. I want to, after watching a game, I want to sit down, have a beer and be like, damn, that like Tua just, that was impressive by Tua. Like he, he truly, Miami wouldn't have won that game without him. That's how I want it. So that, that's a big one for me. And I also think it goes hand in hand where if he starts getting in like a, a rhythm where he can win football games, I want to see him be aggressive. And I know people will give me those next gen stats where, well, according to the stats, look, he actually was aggressive. It's not what I mean. There, the, and I, I talked about this when he threw those five or six interceptions the first day of minicamp. Everyone was freaking out. I love it. Like, that's what I wrote in my article. I want Tua to start throwing some interceptions. Like, playing this safe way of football, that's not how you win games. You've got to be aggressive every now and then. And that's why I think I love Carson Wentz so much. And he's probably one of the worst quarterbacks at knowing when not to be aggressive right now. But, like, that, that's what Tua needs to do where, you know what? Devontae Parker is double teamed. But if you throw it high enough, he might go up and get it. Like, sometimes it's okay to take those risks. Like, a player like Brett Favre made a living off of being aggressive like that. You need to trust your arm. He has the arm talent. He doesn't have the arm strength per se as like elite arm strength, but he has more than enough arm strength and his accuracy is so elite. So, so take advantage of that, risk it, throw a ball in a tight window. If it gets picked off, learn. Okay. Now I know I can't do that. So I want him to learn like how to use his aggressiveness. I don't want him going out there throwing four interceptions and stinking it up in the game. But if he goes out there and he throws two or three picks in a game and you know, next week he corrects it and he goes out there three touchdowns, no interceptions. Like that's what I want to see him do. Understand how to, to make his aggressiveness like effective in the NFL. I think that's huge for NFL quarterbacks. If they can go out there and teams have to worry, like we might have the perfect coverage here, but Tua doesn't care. He's going to, he's going to try to fit it in there. So get ready to go. Like, cause uh, there's nothing that beats bet the great coverage, like a great throw. And I want Tua to be that guy that can make those great throws to beat the great coverage. And I guess the other one, this is kind of a cop out. I want to make him like, I want to see him go through the whole season. You know, he's got these injury concerns. I I guess that's kind of been not talked about as much. Dolphins fans hate to accept the fact that Tua has injury concerns, but I mean, this guy's been injured a lot in college. He had the crazy freak surgery, obviously that injury in college, but injured again, his rookie season. I want to see him not on the injury report the whole year. You know, there's, there's the difference between bumps and bruises and stuff like that. Like, Tom Brady sometimes on the injury report, bumps and bruises. Tom Brady tore his ACL. Everyone gets injured. But I want to see Tua push through this year. I want to see him play every game. I don't want him to miss games with injuries because the only thing that missing games with injuries does is let those Tua haters get a little more room to say, well, look, now he's not playing again. And then think about if Jacoby Brissett comes in and wins a game, if Miami's struggling, oh, maybe Tua shouldn't play. Like He can shut up everyone if he plays all the games, wins games, and he gets aggressive. I really think he can. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So basically, you know, just staying healthy, uh, aggressiveness, and just taking over games, kind of like he did against Arizona there against Kyler Murray last yeah. year. That was really the only game I felt like last year where he kind of took initiative and he was the reason why the Dolphins won the game. And that I think that'll be, I agree with you 100%, that'll be huge uh, in year two. And I think the reason why Tua, you know, has been so hated on, you see a guy like Justin Herbert, for the Chargers. I think that's a big reason uh, why, you know, he was so impressive last year. Just, Justin Herbert was really impressive. M- maybe not in the win column so much as, as as other quarterbacks, but, you know, you see a guy like that and it immediately turns the focus to two and saying, hey, why wasn't he like that? Why wasn't he like that? Well, you know, quarterbacks take time to develop and, you know, I still, I've talked about many times, I still believe in two. I don't think, you know, but he'll be Dan Marino 
by any stretch of the imagination. But I think uh, people don't understand just how bad the receivers Tua had at times last year too. Like just and and how much the receivers did not fit what Tua does best. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot, a lot lately. If you look at who the receivers were on the Dolphins last year, Devontae Parker, uh, Preston Williams when he was healthy, uh, Mike Kosicki, uh, all really good receivers. Preston Williams maybe not at the level of the other two. But what do they do best? They get contested uh, catches. That, that's their best thing. They have great hands, can go up and get the ball. Tua's never been that guy. That was Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's the guy who throws the ball into double coverage. He's the guy who takes risks like that. Tua's always been the type of guy who he's gonna, he wants to release the ball really quick. He wants to get guys in space. And now they've brought in guys like Jalen Waddell, guys like Will Fuller, you know, guys like that who who I think will will do wonders for him this year. So I I I think Tua will see some improvement from him uh, this upcoming season. I think you're on the same boat. Uh, what do you think? Just real quick, bef- uh, before we get into the final little thing I want to talk about here, what do you think about the Dolphins this season? And it, you don't have to give away, you know, any predictions you want to keep secret or whatever. But just what's your kind of vibe? And if you want to do, you know, uh, a playoff prediction potentially or or a record prediction, go for it. But if you know, if you want to keep that for an article in the future, I understand that too. But what's what's kind of the, the your feeling on the Dolphins in 2021? So. If I was putting money on the Miami Dolphins to make the playoffs or not make the playoffs, I would bet that the Miami Dolphins do not make the playoffs this year. I think a lot of people are expecting a little too much from second-year players, which is funny. You know, we go back to the whole no Igbenogany to a conversation, but there's a lot of other second-year players on Miami's roster yeah. that need to take leaps that people aren't really talking about much. I mean, what? Four, what is it? Is it four? Yeah, four offensive linemen are three are two year jumps. One's going to be a rookie, and the center. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I know a lot of Dolphins fans love to see the glass half full, but Matt Skura is like not good. And I know everyone says, "Well, he was good in 2019." Like it is 2021. Like I don't care about 2019. I, I just I think there's a lot of question marks that need to like be worked out so if i was betting there's a zero percent chance i'm putting money on miami making the playoffs i just don't see how everything is going to work out perfect could it work out perfect absolutely it's the nfl crazy stuff happens i covered the philadelphia eagles on their super bowl run it was the most (laughs) incredible incredible time of my life and you know what the best part of it was they were not the best like player-wise football team They just had everything clicking for him. I mean, this team literally at the end of half against the Falcons in the playoffs, Nick Foles threw up a terrible pass that should have been intercepted. It hits off the Falcons defender's knee. The Eagles player catches it. They get in field goal range and kick a field goal. Like that's what type of year it was for the Eagles. So could things work out for the Dolphins in a sense where everything clicks? Absolutely. But I mean, you are hoping for two to make a jump, four offensive linemen to play better than they've ever played. A center who who knows if he's even going to snap the ball if it's raining. He has trouble doing that. And that's just on offense. I mean, we're talking about that is just the offense. Then you go to defense. If Xavier Howard's not there, even though I love Noah Igbenogany, I mean, you're talking no Igbenogany starting. You got Javon Holland who's going to start. I, I love Javon Holland, but, I mean, you're talking he's going to be the leader of the secondary as a rookie. You're bringing in a new linebacker, uh, you know, Jalen Phillips, who I think the world of, but, again, he's a rookie. It's like, it's crazy to me. I'm just, 
I, I think a lot of Miami Dolphins fans are setting themselves up. My friends and I, we always used to say this, expectations ruin football. And I think a lot of fans are going to find out the hard way that expectations can really ruin football for them. Because I see people thinking that they're, they're going to beat the Bills, that they're a better team than like all these teams out there. And it's like, it's crazy to me. The Bills are way, like, trust me, the Bills are ready to go. Like they, they are a Super Bowl contender. The Dolphins are not a Super Bowl contender. They have the potential to be. But there's so much that needs to go right. I think 2022, if if everything goes right and somehow Xavier Howard stays and the, the Dolphins even progress a little, like these guys don't have to take crazy jumps in year two. But if they show signs of hope that like, you know what, they hit on all these picks, 2022 is going to be the year. I mean, the, the Miami Dolphins are going to be ready to go. Will Fuller hopefully then has a new contract. He's good to go if he works out. But again, there's another one. Will Fuller. I think the world of Will Fuller. Injury history. What if he comes to Miami and he gets injured? Jalen Waddle, he's a great player. Injury history. What if he gets injured? It's like Devontae Parker, injury history. It, it, you could the, the Miami Dolphins have so many question marks, and do, some Dolphins fans act like there's no question marks. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I, I just I think a lot of Dolphins fans need to temper their expectations to understand that if this team looks good and looks like they're improving, they don't have to be better like win-wise in last year. What they need to do is show all these players are getting better. And if all the players are progressing and doing the right thing, I think that's what Dolphins fans need to be happy about because this team's on the right path. They have obviously the young core of players where they're going. But like you said, they that some they got to start winning games soon. So hopefully they put it together. I, I would say I think Vegas has them at nine and a half over under. <sighs> that's honestly probably a great number. I'd probably teeter on saying they win nine or ten. That's That's where I'd go. And just for the sake of that, I hope that Tua just does great because it'd be so great to see so many people eat the words. I'm going to say 10 games they win, but they don't make the playoffs. I don't think they make the playoffs All in 10 right. Well, Debbie Downer over here saying the Dolphins will not make that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I definitely agree with a lot of things you say. Just a ton of what-ifs on this team. Like, uh, And they could, you know, if all, all things break, you know, the right way, they could be, uh, you know, uh, one of the surprise teams. But it's just... They're such a hard team to read. I think every every season there's there's these teams where you just there's so many question marks. And I think the Dolphins are definitely up there. They're they're such a hard uh, team to try to predict. Uh, Jeremy, you've been awesome. Uh, real quick before you go, uh, a new segment that we're starting uh, with all the guests that we bring on. Uh, you're the first one to experience this segment. Uh, we're gonna call it. I think we're gonna call it Quick Hits. Uh, football hits get it all right um i'm just going to give you a bunch of questions some are football related some are not football related i just want your quick answer uh to these questions uh, you're okay with that are you down with that works for me all right we'll get you out of here real soon and then you can i don't know maybe get some shut eye now that the kids are asleep uh <laughs> first question uh what alabama wide receiver do you think has the most receiving yards in 2021 henry ruggs Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell, or Devontae Smith? Who has the most receiving yards? Uh, I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. I thought Jerry Judy as well. I, I I really think that he's a really talented receiver. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I'm actually upset you asked me that way because I was going to say uh, John Mechie. Is that his, how you say oh, his name? Oh, yeah. Alabama's <laughs> receiver. Alabama <laughs> receiver, yeah. We'll have to get, to get into that on the next college episode of this podcast. Uh, question number two, Kyle Pitts, your boy. Over under receiving yards in 2021, 850 receiving yards. Under. Under. 
Okay, so you know tight he's going to be a end rookie season's pretty crazy. He's going to be a bust. Yeah, Vegas has him at seven seventy five, but I knew that you loved him. I want to see how crazy seven, you were going to go. Seven seventy five. I'd still probably take the under. I don't think people realize like a tight. I think what Mike Dick is the only tight end ever to go over a thousand as a rookie. Yeah. So, I I mean, it is the Atlanta Falcons. I'd say eight hundred's the number where I'd feel the most comfortable. A lot of mouths to feed there too in Atlanta with Calvin Ridley. Uh, and uh, who's the guy? Uh, Russell Gage. That's yeah. the other guy there. Um, and Hayden, and Hayden Hurst. Hurst as Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Yeah. yeah. That guy there. Okay. Next question. More likely to win MVP: Matthew Stafford or Carson Wentz? Oh, this is cruel. So <laughs> this isn't going to be a quick answer because I actually have a really cool Matt Stafford tidbit. Quick. One of my uh, best friends is a diehard Bears fan, and I talked to him yesterday. Actually, we Facetimed, and he's like, "You know what? I'm intrigued to see." what if the Detroit Lions didn't actually suck? And it was just Matt Stafford who was like, like good stat wise, but like just wasn't a good leader to like make them good. And I was like, Whoa, like what if he goes to the Rams and he's just like, not good. And I was like, Winston, that'd be so crazy for you, but more likely to win MVP. I'm going to say that's pretty easy answer. It's going to be Carson Wentz because he's the best quarterback. And he's going to be back, and I can't wait. Yeah, we know you love Carson Wentz. Vegas has uh, Stafford at the fifth best odds at plus 1,400. Wentz, 12th best odds. That's impressive for Wentz, 12th best after that crappy year? That's insane. Considering last year. I would take Matthew Stafford personally, but we don't got to get into that. Uh, What's more likely, Houston Texans winning five games or LeBron's new Space Jam movie is actually good? Well... I'm going to see Space Jam with my family this week, which I'm so excited. I'm a big Space Jam fan. Very good. But oh. the original, so mm. we'll see how it goes. However, I did see a good tweet that said, listen, all you 30 to 40-year-old men who are complaining about Space Jam, this movie's made for kids, not for you. So exactly. it's actually a very good way to go look at it. But my, my daughter is so excited to see it, so she's going to be the judge. She's obsessed with Space Jam. So if she says she likes it, then I'm going with it. So I'll come back to that answer. But I don't okay. think the Texans win five games anyway. So. Okay, very very good. I, I agree with you. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, people arguing our movie is good, our movie's bad. If you had fun watching a movie, that means it's a good movie for you. Let's not overthink it. Next question. More wins in 2021, the Jets or the Eagles? Ooh, that's a good question. These are hard-hitting questions, Jeremy. Uh, Come on. I'm going to say the Jets. I'm going to say the Jets win more games. Whoa, the former I think, Eagles. I think the Eagles have a top-five pick. Wow. All right. Attacking his former I think team. Joe Flacco, I think Joe Flacco ends the year as a starter for the Eagles. <laughs> I know you're not very high on Jalen Hurts, but well, come on, man. Eagles, that's why. Trust okay, me. Okay, I see. Uh Right now, the uh, the win total uh, or the strength of schedule for Philadelphia is the easiest in the NFL. I don't know if you saw that. They have the easiest strength they of schedule. NFC, so that's that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. So that that could help them out, but we'll see. Uh, next question: What's your? Uh, we see on Instagram. I've seen on uh, on on Twitter rather. Uh, you're always you know at the smoker. You're you're barbecuing things up. So what's your go-to? Friday night barbecue meat or whatever it is. What's your go-to Friday night barbecue food? Friday night, which means I don't have much time to prep it. So I'd say I'd go like some smoke, some type of smoked chicken, probably chicken lollipops. I don't know if you know what those are. Chicken lollipops. I don't think I've so, ever heard of that. So it's a, it's a drumstick and you cut the tendon out and you pull the knuckle off and you pull it down the meat. So it looks like a lollipop and the bones a stick. Oh my goodness. Oh, those are great. So I like That's... those. Those are quick and easy. 
But if I have a lot of time, my go-to would be uh, pulled pork's the best. There's nothing like smoking a pork butt for like 13 to 16 hours. And There you go. Very best. good. Love that. Uh, I would probably go steaks or burgers. I'm a big steaks and burgers guy. Love that. Uh, Odell Beckham, overrated or underrated? Uh, overrated and a team killer. Ooh, okay. Look how good Baker Mayfield did without him on the field. Whoa, I would. We might have because to. Because he wants, he wants the ball. He makes you feel bad if you don't throw it to him, and it's all about Odell twenty four seven. He is the worst hey. team player I've ever witnessed in my life of football. He's horrible. Worst wow. team player. He doesn't I care didn't... about anyone on the team but himself. I did not know this part of you. I would have maybe talked more about this if I would have known this. Oh, I'm but... a big Odell hater. Oh no, I'm. I'm I'm almost on the opposite side, but we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> Josh Allen, overrated, underrated? Uh, underrated. I think he's going to win MVP this year. Wow. Okay. I don't yeah. like to hear that as a Dolphins fan. Oh, he's oh he's incredible. He's incredible. Yeah. No, he his his jump last year was just outrageous. And you know what's cool? I, I touched on Tua. You know, Josh Allen is the perfect blend of aggressive. Wins the games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he fits exactly what I want to see in Tua. Like he yeah. he will throw the ball. He's not afraid to throw an interception. He's also not afraid to put his body on the line to win the game. So yeah. I love Josh Allen. Good. He'll play. make he'll make those boneheaded plays, but he's also going to win you so many games. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about him a lot on this podcast. Xavier Howard, overrated, underrated. Uh, are we talking Dolphins Twitter or NFL? Uh, you could take it wherever you want. I'd say in the NFL, he's underrated mainly because he only got what one defensive player of the year vote with 10 yeah. interceptions. That's terrible. And Dolphins Twitter, I'd say he's overrated because people think he's better than Jalen Ramsey in like the top corner. Like he's, yeah. he's not, he's not better than Jalen Ramsey. All right. Jean jackets overrated or underrated. <laughs> Jean jackets. I don't think I've worn a Jean jacket since I was like eight years old. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say underrated then. You know, we should bring him back. Nice. I gotta start rocking yes. Him. That's what we've been saying on this podcast for a I'm long go buy time a now. Jacket like tonight now. Just to yes. rock. I don't know how to do it. A jean jacket, but now I kind of want to try it. Dude, you got to try it out. Put on a jean jacket. I'm all about it. All right. Uh, I got a few more questions here and then we'll wrap things up. Who would you rather have for the next five years? Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield? Oh, that's a terrible question for me. Not a fan of either. Ooh. Uh, I would say Lamar over Baker. Lamar's like more talented. I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan. He has this weird little next time you watch a Browns game, watch him drop back to pass. For some reason, he'll take his five step drop and then he like fades three or four steps every time and it drives me insane. I'm not a big fan of Baker Mayfield. All right. Lamar Jackson, it is. Uh Deshaun Watson plays his next snaps at quarterback where? I'm gonna say Philadelphia Eagles. Uh I figured you'd say that. I, I'm in, starting to feel that 2022. 2022? He will not play a snap this year. I, I, that It feels like that's where it's going. The Eagles seem to be the favorite. It doesn't seem to be figuring anything out there as far as the legal situation. I think I might have said that on the show. I don't know I think I, yeah, you, I might have listen, said that. Listen, people can say what they want about Jeremy Klump. Uh, you know, say what you want. The guy, he has a tendency to say things that come true. And that's why we, we bring him on the podcast. Uh, Jeremy, you've said it all. Thank you so much for coming back on the pod. Uh, looking forward to the next time you come on the pod. Uh, thanks for taking time. I know you're a big time celebrity with being verified now. Uh, you know, you appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend some time with us. Uh, one more question. One more quick hit okay, question. Okay. Uh, uh, better Twitter follow. 
uh, Fins or Die, uh, or Sorty, as a lot of people know, or The Real Reason? That is a mean question. <laughs> you know, I had to put you in, in a tough spot. That's a right? question. I, I love both those guys. I'm in a group message with them. Him, we text all day, all three of us. We are in a, just us three. Those guys are my dudes. But I would say the better Twitter follow just because uh, I'm a humor guy. Like, Reason's great. He's got all his, like, he's on point with everything he's saying. Like, he knows the game. Uh, Sorty, though, is just like, I mean, I wrote an article about Sorty's tweet. I saw that. I, I mean, he is he is so funny. I don't think I've ever, I mean, he's funny too outside of Twitter. Like, he cracks me up in real life. And like, yeah, I, I'm going to go Sorty just because Sorty is hilarious. But if you're going to like want to watch football in a sense, like like YouTube videos and stuff, I'm going reason for that. But definitely Sorty on Twitter because the, the trolling is incredible. Very good. We're starting drama here on Dolphins Twitter on the Average <laughs> Joe Football Show. But Jeremy, like I said, thank you very much for joining the show. Uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say. Uh, make sure you guys follow him at Nutty X Professor uh, on Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out his articles at the Fin Fanatic. I'm sure he's got uh, a bunch more uh, fire articles cooked up right now, uh, ready to go. Uh, he works hard, so we don't have to. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, have a good one, man. Yep, I appreciate you for having me on again, man. You know, recurring guest now. That's 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 a good thing to say. So it's I like a that. big deal. It's a big <laughs> deal. All right. You, you know, man, take care. Yeah. Have a good one. So there it was. Uh that was uh, a great conversation with a great dude. Joe, you got to sit here and, and hear my side of the mm, conversation. Anyways. And it was good. It was good. It was really was good. It? How was I doing? Do you think that like you were I, doing good? I embarrassed myself in front of Jeremy or at times, but I'm not okay. Gonna... Fair enough. He is a big celebrity. He's the yeah. first ever verified person we've had on this podcast. That's nuts. How crazy! Like is I said, that? this is going to be our big break. This is our big break. <laughs> I feel good things happening, uh, and you know, just a shout out to Joe, uh, mm. to you, Joe. I was just talking. You're the unsung hero of this podcast. You're staying here. It's late. It's 10, 11 p.m. Mm. on a Monday night. I'm sure your wife is upset that I still have you here. No, it's fine. Um, you are. You figured out all the audio for all of this, doing it on Skype, everything. I appreciate you, man. Because mm. without Joe, there's no average Joe football show. Without uh, Joe's, there yeah, ain't no shows. There ain't no shows. Uh, so let's hope that his plane lands safely in British Columbia mm-hmm. this upcoming week and it lands safely back in toronto when you get back joe uh i'll miss you i'll miss you and we'll miss you guys listening to this podcast uh-huh. like we said we'll, we won't have a show next week but when we're back we're gonna be back fast and furious we have legitimate really exciting things coming on this podcast mm-hmm. uh people always say hey we got big things in the works we have big things in the works it's mm-hmm. legit we're not making things up uh really excited the football season's we right got up. signed we got signed to a label. Burton Snowboards, ever heard of them? Yeah. We got signed. Uh Yeah, I don't know. We'll just have to stay tuned for the big news. <laughs> it's not that uh but we appreciate you guys. If you guys like the podcast, like we say, stop being selfish. Share the mm. podcast with other people that you like. We like we could have had our big break like, probably last year, if yep. you guys wouldn't have been so selfish. It shouldn't have taken 61 episodes. I know. It shouldn't have taken two appearances by Jeremy Klum. I know. That's not what should have done it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're making a ton of money, but it's about the clout. We need yeah. the clout. 
Okay, uh, and we can't do that without you guys. Mm-hmm. And but those of you that do listen, all joking aside, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or like it uh, on whatever you're listening to this. Subscribe. If you subscribe, they automatically download on Apple Podcasts every week. All the hard work is over. Mm, and they automatically send you a t-shirt right to your door when right you do that. Right to so. your door. We're not going to say what the t-shirt is. It's just going to be a random t-shirt. doesn't even matter. Um, yeah. This was fun. I had mm, fun. Mm-hmm. We had tea. We had vacation conversations. Jeremy Clump dropped some bombs. Some bars. Some bars on us. Mm. It was a good time. We won't be here next week. Until next time, we will catch you guys on the next one.